This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Got the matchup that we wanted as a show or that we needed as a show. James Steele's Kansas City Chiefs against Joe Fortenbaugh's Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks in large part to the fact that the 49ers has no quarterback. And they still have no quarterback because we did find out the future of Brock Purdy is in question. Brock Purdy has a torn UCL. It is going to sideline him for six months is what's being reported right now, Joe. Jimmy Garoppolo suffered a broken foot in December. He's now a free agent. Trey Lance fractured his fibula, had ligament damage. He required two surgeries. The quarterback room in San Francisco is a mess, and they've got a lot of decisions to make moving forward. I mean, who did Shanahan offend to bring that this type of mojo onto his, his coaching career? It is absolutely nuts what that team went through yesterday. The Devontae Smith catch, that wasn't a catch, but they didn't get a good replay of it, so they weren't able to challenge. The Eagles score a touchdown. Purdy gets hurt. It's also ruled a fumble. Josh Johnson comes into the game. He ends up getting knocked out with a concussion. Purdy comes back in but can't throw the ball, so the Niners are down multiple scores and have to run it on every down. Defense committing penalties all over the field. That was as disastrous a performance I've seen from a team in a big spot, and I can't remember how long. Not saying that they were horrible, just saying everything broke against them from the mm-hmm. beginning and then just steamrolled to the end of the game. Like everything you were watching that, that I was wrong, almost feeling bad for them. I was too. I felt, I actually felt, I didn't have a, a dog in the fight. Now I wanted the Niners to win because I wanted the Brock Purdy story. I thought they were the more interesting team, but I didn't really care. I didn't have a dog in the fight. I found myself so upset for them. It was like, it just wasn't even fair. It wasn't even fair for any of us to have to witness. It took away from the whole thing. You felt bad for them. You're an Eagles fan. So if you felt bad for them, that's how bad it really was. It was a mess. I'm sitting there at the end of that game. I'm like, just get them off the field and get out of here. They're clearly just throwing in the towel because they can't throw the football. Get everybody out of here. And then for some reason, Sirianni still has Hurts in the game. Hurts gets hit late out of bounds. Hurts runs on a play where he takes three shots from the defense. It's like, how much? How, how, how many times do you want to roll the dice here with your star quarterback after what you've just watched on the other side of the field. You don't even need to play offense anymore. The Niners can't score. But now we turn our attention to two things. Number one, for the Chiefs and the Eagles, it's about the final game of the year, the Super Bowl. For everybody else, it's about the offseason. Interesting nugget here from Mike Sando, who writes at The Athletic. I want to run this by you, all right? He recently spoke with two anonymous NFL executives and an agent. These three individuals gave their guesses as to what's next for the 49ers. One of the executives made a couple bold predictions. Quote, I think they will trade Trey Lance to Tennessee, and then they will end up with Brady, that being Tom Brady, and Brady will play one year for his home team, and they will have Brock Purdy as the backup. That is the chatter. They have the defense already. Brady wants to win one more, and this is right up the 49ers alley. End quote. Keep this in mind. This article was published before the news of Brock Purdy's torn UCL. So keep that in mind. Brady to the Niners. Trey Lance to Tennessee. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Mm, Doesn't excite you at all. What do you got? 
There aren't many comparisons also for this injury with NFL quarterbacks. Like a torn, a completely torn UCL, which is what he reportedly had. It's a baseball injury. So this doesn't really happen in the NFL. So there's not a lot to compare it to for Brock Purdy's recovery. I would imagine that does affect this conversation some. But what also affects this conversation, if we're talking about the Tom Brady angle, is I just don't fully get it. Because the San Francisco 49ers have found themselves in a situation where the whole thing was, we're going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo because he's going to be too expensive and he is going to be expensive by the way as a free agent out there and also the durability concerns and he's a little bit older than Trey Lance and so we have an opportunity to go younger on a rookie deal and we know how important that is and we think that this guy can run our system and has the talent to develop in our system that was the whole purpose of going and moving up and getting Trey Lance well now the 49ers have found themselves in the situation where they have two of those guys, right? Like even if Trey Lance ain't it, then may, then Brock Purdy, who what just went eight and one for them, I think as a starter, he's also on a rookie deal. He's also as young as Trey Lance. And so now you've got two quarterbacks, 22 and 23 years old on rookie deals. Brock Purdy is cheap as heck by the standards of of the NFL, and that's what you do to shore up the rest of your team. If if Brock Purdy is what we just saw Brock Purdy be, then why would you go pay Tom Brady even for a season when you could save the money, pay Brock Purdy $800,000 a year, have Trey Lance still there developing if you wanted to or whatever, trade him away, try to get some of those assets in return that you traded away to trade up to draft him, and then you can spend the money elsewhere on every other position because Brock Purdy's so cheap. I guess I just don't see the attraction to bringing in Brady from a financial perspective. Because they have to win now. They have to. They've been toying with this for years. It's time to get it over the finish line or to get ready to watch it all unravel in front of you. You are paying extraordinary money and you are about to pay extraordinary money to the following players, right? So I'm giving you guys that are already paid and the guys that are going to be getting paid. George Kittle, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Christian McCaffrey. That's like the tip of the iceberg. But my point tip is, of the iceberg. but you can pay those guys when you're court. If you hit on the quarterback and he's making $800,000 a year, then you can afford to pay those guys. Like if they in fact did hit on Mr. Irrelevant, you know, with like the cheapest rookie contract at that position, that's gold for the 49ers. Why the would you mess up that problem is the word you just trajectory? used. You used the word if they hit. You didn't say they hit. You said if they hit. You bring in Brady, you know what you have. He might be a little bit older, but he's smart enough. Yeah, it's Brady. I mean, he he led the league in passing two years ago, won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I think it was three seasons ago now at this point, if you count this one. And then this season, his numbers were still good. He was behind an awful offensive line, and he had injuries injuries at, 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 at wide receiver. Brady doesn't need to be the greatest of all time to win with the Niners. Look at what happened yesterday. That game was 7-7, and you had a third and fourth string quarterback playing. That defense is legit. By the way, I didn't even mention Nick Bose is going to get an amazing contract here in the new future. You you have the defense. You have the weapons. You don't need an all-world quarterback. The Chiefs need Mahomes. If they don't have Mahomes, they're not winning a Super Bowl. The, The Niners don't need Brady to be the best ever. They just need him to be smart with the ball. That's it. I guess I guess that's my point. The counter argument to that is yes, they don't need an all-world quarterback. So Brock Purdy on a rookie deal or even Trey Lance 
on a rookie deal. It feels like to me that the 49ers could go into next season with a quarterback battle. Pitt, Brock Purdy, and Trey Lance against each other. Trey Lance is going to have to earn that job back because of what Brock Purdy just did. That's not going to be bad for anybody. Let them elevate the play of each other. And you have two quarterbacks on a rookie deal. And then decide as you go into the season who's backing up who. And I, I just feel like from a financial perspective, if you got that equation right, it would be gold for many, many more years. If Tom Brady comes in, it's for a season. But either but that's way, that's all you're doing. That's scenario. all you want. And you got to win the Super Bowl. Nothing else matters in San Francisco right now. There are no moral victories because you got to the NFC title game. No one calls it a big step forward by getting to the Super Bowl. The Bengals getting to the Super Bowl last year was a huge step forward. For the Niners, everything that isn't a Super Bowl win is a failure. And again, if... If you hit on the cheap quarterback position, but they don't know. They do not know if Lance is going to be the guy. They do not know if Purdy is going to be able to come back healthy and take another step. They just don't know. They don't, but you saw what Brock Purdy looked like during the time that they did have Brock Purdy. So if, in fact, he does come back healthy and he is that same guy, then you're talking about, you know, 15 years of that kind of production. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up next, was the Eagles' path to the Super Bowl the easiest ever? We're going to talk about it. This is ESPN Radio. Also, you can check us out on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall.
ConstantContact.com. Philadelphia Eagles had the easiest path to a Super Bowl ever. And Joe, you really could make the argument that that might be the case. I know we're talking about your Eagles team, but you and I have discussed a lot about how that regular season schedule for the Eagles turned out to be one of the weaker regular season schedules in the NFL. So it was hard to kind of fully evaluate how good this Eagles team was, even though they were dominant in the conference all season long. Then we enter a postseason where they have to get by the New York Giants and now a San Francisco team that quite literally doesn't even have a quarterback and loses everybody in the game that you're playing them. And now the Eagles are going to find themselves in a Super Bowl against a Kansas City team that somehow lost every single receiver, it felt like, in its game and a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. I haven't done the research on every single Super Bowl winner's path to the Super Bowl for the all of history of time. So I can't possibly say, but I'll give you this. Um, it, it was incredibly easy. Incredibly easy. Let's let here, let's just go through it. Yeah. The Lions mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, the Lions were much better in the second half of the year, just like last year. They were terrible in the first half of this year. The Vikings, they were proven to be frauds. The Commanders with Carson Wentz, which no one's excited about that. Jacksonville again of the early season. in the season. Mm-hmm. Arizona train wreck. Although they did get him before Call of Duty came out, so Kyler should have been focused for that game. <laughs> Dallas with Cooper Rush, Pittsburgh, but the first half of the season before the Steelers turned it on, the Texans, the Commanders, they end up losing that game, the Colts who gave them a run, but they were terrible, and those were Jeff Saturday's Colts, the Packers, okay, that's a, but they didn't even make the playoffs, the Titans, who didn't make the playoffs, the Giants, who were Fugazi, the Bears, who were terrible, the Cowboys again, who beat them, the Saints, who beat them, but didn't go to the playoffs, the Giants, and then the banged-up Niners. I mean, it's I mean, ridiculous. It, it, it's, and now you're going to get this Kansas City game where there are a lot of guys banged up on the Chiefs roster as well. But, I mean, if you go into this game in Arizona, you're a two-point favorite right now. So, again, reasonably tight. If you beat the Chiefs, is this team going to be remembered for the easy path? Or once you get past Mahomes, it's kind of like, all right, that proved that they were as legit as the record indicates. Maybe it was soft, but they still beat Mahomes. I think it would be a problem in terms of where I would stand in confidence with your Eagles if, in fact, the Kansas City Chiefs were healthy. Because if they were fully healthy and Mahomes wasn't hobbled out there at all, then I would be looking at this Eagles team like, this has been too easy for you. You have not been tested, and it has made you look dominant, but how much of that was the opposition you were facing and the path that got you here? And now you're about to run into some real competition on the highest level, and my money would be on Kansas City because of that. The problem is Kansas City ain't healthy either. And I don't know how Mahomes was out there doing it. I mean, it was a remarkable performance in that AFC championship. He quite literally apparently can do it with any receiver and just keep it moving. And he can do it on one ankle. And so maybe he can do that in a Super Bowl. But it feels like the Eagles now find themselves in a Super Bowl with competition that, again, is lesser competition than otherwise we would expect them to run into. Chris Russo. He, of course, hosts, uh, well, he was on Greeny, and of course, from Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, he was on Greeny earlier, and he says that the Eagles, it's the easiest path in all of NFL history, and if somebody knows NFL history, it's probably Chris Russo. Name me a team that had an easier ride to the Super Bowl than this. They beat the Giants who didn't belong, and a fourth-string quarterback for San Francisco. 
The first touchdown, they shouldn't have scored. Smith dropped the pass. Shanahan should have challenged it. He did not. The second touchdown, they had three penalties on the Niner defense to set up the touchdown drive at 7-7 late in the second quarter. And then the third touchdown, freaking Josh Johnson dropped the snap. I mean, they really had the easiest game known to freaking man. I'm not sure if Purdy plays. I don't know if the Niners win. They probably don't. But it wouldn't have been 31-7. I can promise you that. Nothing he says there is wrong. And I, again, would feel like this is going to affect my analysis of the Super Bowl, except for Kansas City's not fully healthy. So it feels like they caught a break again. Number one, he's a blowhard Giants fan. And I say that with all love because, you know, shameless plug with every Thursday, I sometimes run into him on first take and we have nice positive discussions off the air. But he's a blowhard Giants fan. So, of course, he's going to come in upset about the path with the Eagles. Number two, don't compare this to what you see in things like boxing, where certain boxers will build up their careers fighting nobody and dodging the great guys that are out there. There are fighters that have built a career on tomato cans and inferior competition so they can be 34-0, 36-0, and tell everyone how great they are, but then they run and duck for cover every time the big fight's waiting for them. Some of that's happening right now, but I'm not going to name anyone by name because if I ever come across them, I don't want to get the three-piece with the soda, as Jorge Masvidal would say. So I'm just going to leave it out there generally. It's not like the Eagles control this. The NFL sets the schedule. It's based on certain criteria. You're going to play against your division six times. Everyone had no problem saying the NFC East was the most competitive division in football, but yet the Eagles don't get any credit for those six games. Outside of that, you know, there's the the, the crossover conference, crossover division in your conference, crossover division in the AFC, the extra games that come in. You can't control it. You just take advantage of the situation. What would be a real shame is if they got this layup of a schedule and didn't find their way into the Super Bowl at the very least. That's what would be embarrassing. The fact that they're here, they got a chance to win it. No one's going to go back in history and remember if they take down Patrick Mahomes, even if he is banged up. Well, I don't think it would have been embarrassing because I don't think that we came into the season with this expectation for this Eagles team, right? I mean, there were still questions when we came into the season. People weren't even completely sold on Jalen Hurts when we came into the season. So if the Eagles had fallen short... Would we have noticed? Would it have been embarrassing? Would we have been looking at this schedule like, oh man, this should have been easy street for them to get to this point? I don't, I feel like the goalpost has moved for this Eagles team as the season has gone on and as we kind of woken up to the fact that they are this good and are fully capable of doing it. Yeah, they got the path, but they've also blown a lot of teams out. It's, yeah. There's Minnesota, who had a tremendous record, but it was all these nail-biter games where guys like Josh Allen were fumbling the ball on the goal line late to gift-wrap them. I mean, when Philadelphia blows out Minnesota, yeah, it turns out the Vikings aren't that good. They still blew them out, right? You still handled your business and put up monster numbers in the process, sending a ton of guys to the Pro Bowl. It's a really talented team. But once we saw it playing out the way it did, had you lost to the Giants, that's a complete disaster of a season. And if Purdy stays healthy and you lose to the Niners yesterday, that's still pretty embarrassing. You were the favorite in that game at home, much more favorable path to get there, extra rest. You should have been able to handle your business. One thing no one's talking about from that game yesterday, Jalen Hurts wasn't that good. All That's right? what I was about Jalen to just Hurts bring up to you. Jalen Hurts was not that good in the passing game yesterday. He averaged less than five yards per attempt. He was scared to throw it over the middle. He was mm-hmm. just chucking it down the sidelines like he did in the Chicago game when he was injured. That was not an impressive display from a guy who's a finalist for MVP. That 49ers defense bothered him. The pressure bothered him. And it was obvious. Jalen Hurts yesterday was 15 of 25, 121 yards passing, no touchdowns. 
no interceptions. That component of this story is certainly flying under the radar. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So I do think it'll be very interesting what our expectations are for Jalen Hurts in a Super Bowl. It presumably, unless everything just continues to somehow cut their way. I mean, presumably he's going to have to step up and actually have a very good performance. Coming up next, who could be next year's Eagles team? We're going to get into that. This is Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So we were just talking about Joe's Philadelphia Eagles and how really coming into the season, like where were your expectations when you came into the season for your Philadelphia team? Average. I thought average. I had a lot of questions about Hertz that have since been blown up on um, freezing cold takes, old takes exposed. I've gotten drilled on that a couple times. Um, I'm not proud of it, obviously, but that guy's got my number on Hertz because I was not a big Hertz guy. I wasn't a big Hertz guy in college. I thought he took too long to make decisions and was more content to check it down, to try to run. Um, last year, I didn't think he played well at all. The one game against the Giants was a complete debacle. And then this year, they got him some weapons, and he's been awesome. So wrong on that front. Thought they'd be average, though. That, that's what I thought. Average, maybe like 9-8, and eight, something like that. Get into the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game. That would have been good. I was not overly over the moon about them. I uh, was opposite of you. I was somebody who has been high on Jalen Hurts. I was high on him coming out of college. I had this zany idea coming out of that draft that I wanted the Dolphins to take him as well. Mm. Like, just draft all the quarterbacks. Let's just draft them all until you actually hit on one. I feel like more teams should do that. Spend draft kicks on quarterbacks at multiple in multiple rounds, uh, multiple years. Let's just go until you hit on your guy. But So I was always high on Jalen Hurts, uh, but... That being said, I wasn't necessarily high on the Eagles as a whole. I mean, I thought they'd be good because I did believe that Jalen had earned another year under center, and I thought he was going to take a step forward because of kind of that belief I had in him. But I didn't think he was going to be this. Let's be real. I didn't think he was going to be part of the MVP conversation, and I didn't think that team was going to be the most dominant team easily in the NFL all season long. But that's where we found ourselves. So who is next season's Eagles then? Who is the team that maybe we kind of we don't have our finger on right now. You know, it's not it's not the Bengals that wouldn't be surprising to anybody if they were back in the Super Bowl next season. But maybe the team that is just a piece away, an AJ Brown away or a quarterback development away from making it to a Super Bowl. I'll give you two right off the top, but there's a lot to discuss. Number one, and I don't know if this one really fits the criteria because they were pretty good this year, but if the Baltimore Ravens figure out the quarterback situation, boom. I, I want to see them go for Aaron Rodgers. If they're not going to pay Lamar Jackson, just end the saga, move on from him, bring in Aaron Rodgers, let him play with that elite defense, go out there and get it done. But not that's a lot of weapons, probably though. Far-fetched. 
What's that? Not a lot of weapons, though. Two I mean, good that's running backs been one of the Edwards and with- Dobbins. You got Mark Andrews. You can probably attract at least one or two mid-level free agent wide receivers there. You he can to. play him up. And then again, you're running the ball and leaning on the defense. So you're in a situation where you can make some plays. That's far-fetched. So I'll give you one that's a little bit more reasonable. Okay. <sighs> this one's burned me before, but it would be the Raiders. There are a lot of indicators that point to the Raiders being a team poised to take a step forward next season. Now, for 20 years, they've shown us they'll never take that step, but maybe next year's the year. They were four and nine in one score games last season. Four and nine. They had a minus 23 point differential, which is more indicative of a team that's around eight and nine. So if they end up making a splash at the quarterback position, and again, huge if, I think the Raiders could turn it around and turn it around quick. Huge if. Uh, I also don't love the division that they're in. I don't love that they have to see Kansas City as often as they have to see Kansas City. I could see. I mean, speaking of, yeah, Mahomes is washed. Speaking of that division, I mean, I could see the Chargers being better. I don't know if that would be shocking to anybody. If the Char- I almost feel like the Chargers underperformed, right? This, like, we're expecting them to take that next leap. I think we're ready for them to take that next leap. So I don't know if they would be surprising. I also think, like, a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think a lot of people might throw out the Jags. Yeah. I just feel like that is just them on a trajectory. I don't know if that's them a piece away, though, right? Like, that would just be Trevor Lawrence develops. And also, we've all decided that Trevor Lawrence is good at this point, so we wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't be quite the same. Like, Jalen, there was still a lot of people out on Jalen Hurts as we were heading into this season. It was kind of like at the end of last season, we're like, okay, he earned himself another year to prove himself. I don't feel like anybody's having that conversation with Trevor Lawrence at this point, right? Like, we feel like he's proved himself. Everybody feels like Peterson's getting the most out of him. I'm not sure that would be surprising in the same way. If you use the parallel of just comparing the quarterbacks, then you're absolutely right. But if you compare the teams, oddly similar. I mean, Philadelphia did get to the playoffs last year, but Tampa Bay waxed them. The Jags did get to the playoffs this year, but it wasn't like it was a 12-win season. They got past the Chargers, but they were getting waxed in that game. And then they got taken out by Kansas City the following week. So that would be a team that if you're talking about making one or two key moves, you could see them jumping up. The division does not look that tough right now. So I could see that being one but again your parallel of just comparing the quarterbacks is absolutely accurate Lawrence is on the trajectory uh, people with far more questions about Hurts coming into this past season I don't think that this is going to happen but staying in that division I could see with the Tennessee Titans now some people think that window has closed I thought what Derrick Henry did this season proved to us that that window frankly is still open I don't know what you do at that quarterback position because I think you have to move on from Ryan Tannehill and that contract is movable but are they a quarterback away could the Tennessee Titans take that next step? And it's weird to say next step because we're talking about a team that has traditionally been at the top of the AFC for years. They've got some problems with the pass defense in a big, big way, and they've got to figure out the quarterback position. Traylon Burks, a wide receiver, would be entering year two. You figure out some weapons. I mean, if they were a team to bring in an Aaron Rodgers type or bring in a Derek Carr type, they could maybe get that, that next step. They're very well coached. That's the thing. You can't, I learned this the hard way. You cannot underestimate Mike Vrabel at any turn. Mike Vrabel is probably the most underappreciated head coach in the NFL. He does a fantastic job. I mean, they took AJ Brown away from him. Like, imagine that. Like, you were on the right trajectory. You're in the playoffs every year. And then it's like, eh, we're not going to pay him. So he goes to Philly and puts him over the top. Oh, by the way, the GM got fired for that. So no surprise there. Certainly no surprise there. Uh, I know that this is going to be the homer pick for me, uh, and I'm going to sound biased, but I do feel like the Miami Dolphins could be part of this conversation. Fair. 
Because I feel, you know, I mean, we saw what the Dolphins were when Tua was healthy and playing well. And Tua was playing well when he was healthy this season. That team was scary, frankly, and was it felt like a team that could be a true contender in the postseason. The wheels fall off the end of the season to his health being paramount as part of that discussion. And then also their backup quarterback. I mean, you know, the Dolphins quarterback room looks like the San Francisco 49ers quarterback room, frankly. But if they were able to resolve that problem, which I don't know if they are. I mean, they seem committed to moving forward with Tua. I don't know what's going to happen in terms of Tua's durability. But if they did figure out that, they could be a piece away. Your your piece away for them is just the quarterback being healthy. Like, that's the biggest question. If he was healthy all year, you would have been a much better team. You would have won more games, and you maybe knock out the Bills before they have the opportunity to lose to the Bengals. I mean, that was a competitive game with Skylar Thompson. Mm -hmm. And as we've seen, the Bills kind of overrated this year with the way they performed, especially down the stretch. So Miami's a team that I, I think the pieces are there. The Bradley Chubb trade was great. There's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Mike McDaniel did a hell of a job coaching him up this season, but it will come down to health at QB because if you don't have that, then you saw with the Niners, you don't have anything. And Vic Fangio is actually going to be the DC there. That is a huge get for the Miami Dolphins and would dramatically help bring that defense back around a defense that was elite under Brian Flores, the New York jets staying in that division. They've got to be part of this conversation, right? Like if you figure out the quarter, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the New York jets, are they part of this conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely. The defense is loaded. They've got plenty of young talent. Garrett Wilson had a phenomenal rookie year. Brees Hall's training, working hard to get back from the injury. Um, so yes, at quarterback, they they won far more. Everybody on the set of Daily Wager, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern ESPN 2. That's how you plug. Mm. Everybody on that set laughed at me when I liked their over this year. It was like five and a half wins. Everyone, oh, they're going to be a joke. They're going to be a clown show. I didn't love the bet, but I made the bet. I made a small wager on it. And they, they, they eclipsed it. They eclipsed it early. I mean, they went to Lambeau and won. Their quarterback position was a, an abomination. And you had a great defense. You have some skill players on offense. You got to figure out the O-line. You got some issues at tackle. But if you figure out how to get healthy and beef that up and you get a competent quarterback in there, you're challenging for a wild card spot. You really are. They're, they're that close, but they have got to get out of their own way. That organization is really good at stumbling all over themselves the moment things start to go good. The moment they start to go good, the Jets find a way to screw it up. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Okay, a couple more that I want to throw out at you. The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Pete Carroll did a hell of a job this year. Heck of a job. Mm, yeah, I, I, can't, I have a hard time seeing it, too. Like, I don't know where they're taking Yeah, like, Gino, is Gino coming back? I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, they're good. They'll probably get a little bit well better. I don't think they'll be nasty next year. I think they caught some people by surprise. I think next year will be more of a wake-up call. The New Orleans Saints. That's a team that I never believe in, that everybody always believes in, and... They tend to fall short. They tend to fall into very injury prone as they, well. They they burned me good this year. It's going to be tough for me to get behind them. Winston stunk. Dalton stunk. Hill mm-hmm. stunk. The quarterback situation was a mess. The defense was supposed to be great. It wasn't. Mike Thomas is always hurt. Like just always, always. hurt. All that I mean, we, second we gotta, he got paid. Can, I'm sorry, Keyshawn, but we've got to retire the, the Michael Thomas conversation, right? Like it's been since 2019. Like we like don't literally. even see that dude anymore. So yeah, like, uh, yeah I'm not getting behind them. I don't. I'm, no, no pass. Uh, the Lions? That's a fun one. 
That's a fun one. They got to start. They got to start fast. I mean, the they two have years their under Dan Campbell, they have closed the season strong each year. They just they start really slow. They have got to come out of the gates firing. I don't know. That's going to be a compelling storyline. Jared Goff just good enough. It kind of mm-hmm. feels like they went from Stafford to Goff, which is a step down, but they're right back where they were with the whole is he our guy? Is he not our guy? No, Can we win? The, with I him? think he's. The, I think he's their guy, or I think he's I certainly proved to them. That he's the guy for next season, right? I mean, Goff had a good season. He he was strong, but he also is the type of guy that when you get him outdoors in cold weather, you can't bank on him in a lot of those situations. I know that they won at Lambeau, I know, but his history in that situation is not good. If he's back another year, I don't think it's the end of the world, but they, they have to figure out real quick, is he the guy that can get them deep in the postseason? Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, we're heading down the stretch. It is your turn to weigh in. Bring us your hottest takes about championship weekend. James Steele also has on my screen. You can bring us your Royal Rumble takes. I don't invite you to do that, but if you want to bring us any other takes. <laughs> How are you blaming me for this? Feel I'll free. take Rumble takes. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Give us a call. Your call is coming up next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This is the time of the show where we invite you to join the conversation. Give us a call. Give us anything you want, your hottest takes from Championship Weekend and beyond. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. We're going to get to your calls in just a moment. But first, let's try to earn you some money for a third time. We're going to earn you some more pizza money. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Go Bear rebound prop looking good so far. We're over 11 and a half rebounds. He's got seven with eight minutes to go in the second quarter. I hope I'm not mushing myself. We will find out in a couple hours. Let's go to the college hardwood. This one starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's Texas Tech minus one and a half over Iowa State. Woo, hold your nose here. Texas Tech 0 and 8 in the Big 12 play this season, but they are off a big win on the road this past weekend against LSU. These two got together at the beginning of the month. Iowa State beat Texas Tech by 34 points in a game where Texas Tech shot just 36% from the floor. So I do expect them to improve this time around. Now, Iowa State has lost three straight on the road. They're a slow-tempo team. They're not exactly racing up and down the court. They're awful when it comes to shooting free throws. So if we're trying to cover one and a half late in the game and it goes to the stripe, I feel very confident about Texas Tech being able to get it done. We're laying the one and a half with the Red Raiders. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. So you heard it. That means it's time for your phone calls. Give us a call. Join the conversation here on Joe and Amber. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. That's the number. Dial it. Let's spin the wheel. Terrence. Terrence is in Georgia. Terrence, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Uh, Patrick Mahomes played with a, a tree on his shoulder because of all the disrespect that the prognosticators, the talking heads were, were saying about his division, and I will say it all year long. The road to the Super Bowl, the road to the AFC Championship goes through Kansas City. Thank you. 
Terrence isn't wrong, Joe. And there was a lot of talking. And frankly, there was a lot of talk. We know that there was all the talking from Cincinnati. And I, for me, that's all in good fun. Like, talk that talk. Get the mayor involved. I love that as a sports fan. The, the more trash talk, the better. It, it adds to this rivalry, which I think is the best rivalry right now in the NFL. The NFL, frankly, doesn't have enough rivalries right now, right? And this is the rivalry right now for the NFL. So that's all well and good. But there has been a lot of chatter, even amongst our peers, about... Joe Burrow supplanting Patrick Mahomes as the best quarterback in the league. There was a lot of that here this season and down the stretch. And Patrick Mahomes heard all that, kind of internalized all of that. And maybe that was a little extra motivation on a bum ankle out there yesterday. Yeah, Burrow was close. He was right there. But that was the game if you want to get over him. And you didn't. In fact, you didn't look that great. You had two opportunities late in the game. Tied 20-20 to go down the field and score. One, you threw an interception. One, your team needed to punt. That's where you got to make the plays late. Mahomes figured out how to do it. To Kansas City fans out there, enjoy. Winning in a big spot is one thing. Winning in a big spot after the other team ran their mouth as recklessly as Cincinnati did has to feel so good to stick it to those guys. Enjoy. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it so much that you forget about the Eagles and then you end up showing up in Arizona in two weeks completely unprepared mm, and you get you rolled would. in the Super Bowl. You would, Eagles fan, Joe Fortenbaugh. I will say, Cincinnati earned the right to talk the smack, though. Like, they did yeah. earn it. They had beat them three straight it's times. Good it fun. wasn't like they came out of the gate talking the smack. They had beat them three straight times. But, of course, the one time they talked the smack, it comes back to bite them. That's how it works in the world of sports. I just don't know if you need to give Patrick Mahomes any extra additional motivation or this Chiefs team that has been such a dominant team that's been in the AFC Championship every single year with Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if he needs to feel like there's a chip on his shoulder, frankly, for some extra motivation. Triple H, say ESPN. That's the number. That's how you get in touch with us. Let's spin the wheel. Harold. Harold is in Arizona. Harold, what do you have for us? Oh, hey. Hello, first time caller. Uh, just want to talk about the Super Bowl real quick. And yeah, uh, anytime you disrespect somebody, you put your hand in their face, they're going to come out of the corner fight. Uh, and I feel Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurst have been done that way. But Jalen Hurst got some heavyweight hitters on this team. So I got the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I got the Philadelphia, and the greatest rivalry is Chicago Bears and Green Bay. But I got the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, dominate the Kansas City Chiefs. And I like Patrick Mahomes, but they, they don't have enough firepower. Joe, you probably like Harold's pick there. Harold's a smart guy. I don't know him. We've never spoken, but in just 30 to 45 seconds, I got the sense that he's a high IQ, smart decision-making type mm. of person. Harold, you're welcome to call us anytime. <laughs> as long as you pick Joe's Eagles. Let's spin uh, the wheel. Amber said that, not me. Not me, Amber. John, John is in Texas. John, what do you have for us? What's going on, guys? What's up, John? Living the dream. I, I am a Dallas Cowboys fanatic. So Sorry to hear that. Oh, it's okay because you know I've been losing since '95. So uh, Patrick Mahomes, that brother right there is amazing. I don't care what people think about him, how tall he is, how big he is. Whatever. That kid right there can play ball. And he's going to win the Super Bowl. He's going to be the MVP. He's going to throw for 300 and 
40 yards and four touchdowns. Markets. It uh, would not surprise me at all if John was right, frankly, Joe. And I mean, Cowboys fan calling up with that type of reckless commentary. No surprise whatsoever. Like, congratulations on firing a guy in Kellen Moore who literally got hired within 24 hours. That doesn't happen to people what who are, are really bad poor at what John, they do. What are you doing to John, though? What are you doing to poor John? You're going after him because he didn't choose your Eagles? That's what's just, happening? You know, I, I have the chance to retort. Will you allow me to retort? As I Samuel suppose. Jackson would say. I suppose I will allow it. Uh, we are really up against it. I am just going to choose one final. I'm, you know what? I'm not even. We're just going to rock our way. But Aaron, Bo, everybody who is on the line, we really appreciate your calls. Call us back tomorrow. We do this, Caller Roulette, every time, 8.45 p.m. here on Joe and Amber. We always invite your phone calls. We love you to join the conversation. So everybody come back tomorrow. Do the same thing. Give us a call. Coming up next, though, on ESPN Radio, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. They're probably going to discuss championship weekend. I have a hunch. This is ESPN Radio. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.